I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. You are listening to Winning on Reparations, a production of iHeartRadio. Oh, yeah, yeah. What da da day? What da 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 day? The dope knife, smooth operator, side day. Don't need a short term, I could do the long game. Got a whack rapper up into a simmer saute. I be acting blase when I'm watching the news. Talking political shit that be stopping my views. What up, done? Yeah, homie, I am talking to you. Too sexy for my shirt, so I walk in a nude. Quit the chitty chat. Listen, I am not in the mood. Pot that I use got me feeling lost, confused. Often I choose to just give you these revelations. What the fuck you doing? Y'all waiting on reparations. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey. what is happening? Yo, ha. What's up, everybody? I've been waiting a month to say this. I'm Dope Knife. I'm Lingua Franca. And we are waiting on reparations. Hurry up. Hey, what's going on? Yeah, what's good? I'm back from, uh, from you know, much needed rest period. Uh, having a baby's crazy. Having yep. a baby's crazy shit. Um, but, you know, kiddo's doing great. Um, sleeping good, except for last night. It's funny, like my first day back at work, he was like, oh, I'm going to fuck up your life a little bit. You've been having it too, you've been having it too easy because it has actually been. Very chill, surprisingly. Yeah. And so, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I was I've just got- about to ask you, like, what is the what is the first month of motherhood been like? The first week is insane because, like, you're just so shell shocked from like pushing from. I mean, like, I put he was like ten pounds pushing like a ten pound child, practically. Uh, and so, like, in these, you're just like you're getting used to. He's crying in the nighttime, and it feels like you're at war. It's like traumatic kind of. <laughs> you wake up like, wah, wah, kind of freaks you out. And just like emotionally, you're all over the place. And then after that, I kind of like settled into it. It was like, all right, we good. Getting into a rhythm, getting over that imposter syndrome about like, am I changing this diaper right? What's happening? Um, And then it's all, it was pretty chill. And then, you know, just resting up, healing physically and just settling into. um, How's the mentals? How's the mentals? The mental's good. Yeah, the mental is good. Um, I was starting to go a little stir crazy, honestly. People were like, you're kind of mad for maternity leave that soon. But I'm like, Man, a month was enough. I was just starting to get by. I was running out of stuff to watch on TV. Yeah. I didn't see none of my friends. So, yeah. Seen I'm, anything? I'm glad to be back. Seen anything new? 
I really, I mean, I'm just new like, to you at least. I'm like mad. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm like mad, just out of the loop with stuff that ever like beloved by all. Yeah. So I I saw Watchmen, the HBO okay. sh- show, as well as the movie we watched, the movie Watchmen. Um, I love I love both of those. Oh, just, so good. Yeah. Oh, so good. We should yeah, do people hate on people hate on the Watchmen movie though. How? How? I, it's so good. I don't know. I don't know. I, I thought that shit was dope. Well, I am glad to have you back. Yeah, I want to hear sure how you everybody been, bro. out there. I've been good, Joe. I mean, yeah. as far as like all this, I've been you know just trying to hold it down in your absence yeah. and stuff like that. But I mean, other than that, man, I've been uh, doing the same old grind. You know what I mean? I got a new single that I'm getting ready, so I've been getting art and stuff for that. I've really decided to go in not only on my merch game but ours so i've been you know working with different artists working on waiting on reparations logos and shirts and stickers and stuff like that so we'll have we'll have a bunch of shit like i'm about to like straight up get into the t-shirt game and shit like that but we're about to have some of that stuff for y'all soon but um i mean shit we've been waiting a month let's get into it let's Let's get into the first official episode that the two of us have done in a while. A minute. Last week doesn't count. That was that was some stockpiled shit. But. Yeah. But yo, this week we're going to be talking about um, Jair Bolsonaro, who in many ways is considered the Trump of the tropics, um, from his hateful rhetoric against women and gays, denial of COVID science, conservative economic and social agenda, down to recent concern that the right-wing leader, who is beloved by Brazilian military and police, might stage a coup and try to keep control of the government. When, presumably, he gets ousted in the upcoming Brazilian presidential election. But how similar are Trump and Bolsonaro, really, would one dig into the details? That is the topic of today's conversation, which we will get into right after the jump. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. 
Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Okay, so we are back. So we're talking about Bolsonaro today, and I mean, this is in the midst of, you know, there's a couple of these Trump-ish sort of figures around the world. Pretty much dudes who are running their countries like they're fucking organized crime empires, essentially. You know, obviously, we all know Putin. You know, uh, homie in the Philippines. What's his name again? Duterte. Duterte. You've got uh, the guy in uh, Belarus who... Lukashenko. He, yeah, Lukashenko. They pretty much staged the coup. Who else? You got Erdogan in Turkey. Um, I do believe... Poland has a Trump-ish figure. In any event, you've got a rash of these guys over the world, and Bolsonaro is just another one in that line of, of cats who are doing that thing. Okay, so let's get to this question a little more deeply. Who is Jar Bolsonaro? He was elected to the presidency in 2018 as a member of Brazil's Social Liberal Party after several decades as the Brazilian equivalent of what we might consider a congressman. Now, Bolsonaro had been a vocal opponent of same-sex marriage and homosexuality, abortion, affirmative action. He's an opponent of drug decriminalization. And in essence, the nigga hates fun. And And the environment. Yeah. (laughs) He apparently has beef with the environment. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Under his leadership, he's overseen a spike in deforestation in the Amazon. Last year, get this shit. The Amazon in Brazil lost an area 14 times the size of New York City. Shit. Which is the greatest decline the forest has seen in 12 years. So, just hates the environment, hates gays, hates women. He's hates a cliche. Blacks, He's a cliche. He's a doesn't want talking. anybody to do drugs. Walking, talk. Yeah, and yeah, I feel like, um, yeah, it's like a cartoon villain almost. Yeah. It's like, if, it's like, it, he's what. He's kind of what a lot of motherfuckers in America imagine that they're they're living with. You know what I'm saying? With Trump. Yeah. I would say he's worse, to be honest. He's but, legit uh, kind of scary. Like, he spoke in favor of torture and violent revolt against the democratically elected governments. Um, he said in a 1999 interview, elections won't change anything in this country. It will only change on the day that we break out in civil war here and do the j- job that the military regime didn't do. Killing 30,000 people. If some people die, innocent people die, that's fine. In every war, innocent people die. <laughs> so there you go. That is the, <laughs> so there current, you go. <laughs> the current president of Brazil. What, how, what do you think about that? Well, I mean, like, 
as someone that like keeps tabs on various like strains of leftist thought, like there are people that are totally over electoralism and like, yo, we just gotta like have a revolution or some shit like that. But very rarely do you hear or you like have you find someone who has the guts to say that in a scenario like that, oh, if the people rise up and seize the government back, like thousands of people will die, like hands down. And so, but like something that's weird to me about this quote is that he seems to like relish it. Like he's like stoked that thousands of people like could die in a civil war in his country. See, this is where like my, the nuance, like my nuance kind of starts to go out of the window when it comes to this sort of stuff. These cats, this is like baked into their shit. You know what I mean? Like yeah. these cats are in a way like fantasizing about the worst case scenario where they feel, oh man, now I got the green light to kill lots of people. So it's like all this like revolutionary talk and shit like that. To me, it's like one side is talking about revolution and think pieces and on like YouTube videos. And the other side is like literally hiding in the bushes, training with guns imagining the day that they're gonna get to do some wild shit you know they're gonna, they're gonna just kill people yeah exactly. like oh we're gonna transform society and make it an egalitarian like paradise and then the other side is like oh civil war is gonna break out oh we have a revolution oh i get to just go gun people down in the streets and they're like super stoked about that i heard so, about a, a case not too long ago i mean this is kind of taking it from brazil taking it back stateside but um just in a nutshell there were some neighbors who were having a you know dispute and one group of neighbors had a biden sign and the other neighbor was a trump supporter and he went into the house and gunned them down oh hell this happened like maybe like a week or two after the election but i think just now yeah. starting to get into the trial phase and shit like that but i mean that's not like a i don't think that's an isolated incident you know what I'm saying? And, and I, I don't think it's indicative of, like, scattered, isolated incidents. Like, the current right-wing ideology is one that's, like, implicitly violent. You know what I'm saying? So So what I find interesting about, like, comparing his rhetoric, sure, this is an old interview, almost, you know, two decades old. Um, but comparing him to, like, Donald Trump, I feel like Donald Trump has, like, a... Um, just like a cavalier sense of just like disregard for human life where it's like, yo, if people die, people die. Uh, I don't, I can't think of an example where he was like, yeah, let's fucking go out and murder thousands of people in the streets. That'll be lit. No, um, they, they, I mean, it's, it's come out that he did want to give, like, have the army intervene during the Black Lives Matter protests last summer. Like, he, he really did want them to start shooting people in the street. Ah, I mean, I don't know if there's a specific, perhaps, let's like, kill yeah. 30,000, but... I mean, homie, the way I look at it is Donald Trump and by that that part, Republicans, they straight up smooth watched 600,000 people die. Smooth. Yeah. Like, didn't didn't flinch. So didn't I don't flinch. think it's I don't think it's, it's beyond them to, to talk like that. Yeah. We've been talking about but like, I guess, like their willingness to say something like this out in the open, because like even if they had discussions about gunning down protesters during the uprising last summer, probably happening behind closed doors, closed doors yeah. out in public. They want to pretend like they didn't say shit like that. So is that like a differing level of bloodlust? Is that a differing level of political savvy where like maybe Trump and his handlers might know it's probably not a smart thing to say out in the public? I don't know. I'm not sure. But I feel like that is a place where these two di diverge a little bit in like strategy or cravenness yeah possibly. i think conditions are also important factor in differentiating the two is that 
Trump has a lot of potential to do what Bolsonaro has been able to do. You know what I mean? Like, like, like Brazil has been a fascist. Brazil was fascist in the 80s already. You know what I mean? So it's like what he's trying to make it be. They've been that before. So that door is kind of open there to begin with. And then just he has more enablers. You know, the, the institutions, not not every country has the institutions that are sturdy enough as America's proved to be the last four years and shit like that. So when you have somebody who's poking and prodding, if the shit's not sturdy enough, he's more successful at doing things like changing laws and changing constitutions and doing those things to keep himself in power. So he's just enab- he's enabled a lot more than Trump is, too. Yeah. We've talked about a bunch of people like mass death. Speaking of which, um, uh, Brazil has very consistently ranked second in the world for um COVID-19 deaths um, over the course of this pandemic. Um, another thing that uh, the leadership of our presidents have held in common. Um, Bolsonaro, from the start, has belittled the pandemic and earlier this year had several videos removed from YouTube for spreading misinformation about the coronavirus, which has its parallels in a certain sense to, um, you know, Trump getting flagged on Twitter for, like, talking shit about, like, hydroxychloroquine or whatever that ain't real. Um... In July of 2020, one day after announcing that he had tested positive for COVID-19, Bolsonaro came under fire for allegedly using homophobic language to mock the use of face masks, namely saying that masks were for fairies. (sighs) Okay, anyway, he later posted a tweet, including a picture in which he appears to be smiling and giving a thumbs up while brandishing a box of hydroxychloroquine pills. So, like... I, okay, I am just very, I'm like, because I know, I know some like left wing people who are like very anti authoritarian and are skeptical of like vaccines and the science behind coronavirus, stuff like that. But it's so interesting to me that like there's these parallels where, like, in addition to being, you know, like, I just don't understand why this seems like a cross cultural occurrence that right wing figures tend to believe coronavirus misinformation. Like, why is that? I, I mean, don't get it. Currently, I think it's part of their like contrarian streak where, you know, anything that the left of the country is for, then they're automatically opposed to it. You know what I mean? You think like, that's what it is? Like the left comes out like, oh, we believe in science. And these motherfuckers I, like, yo, we don't. <laughs> I, I honestly think that's really what it is. I mean, and, and it's, it's played out that way, too. When the vaccine was first being developed. And Democrats or whoever were like, rightfully so, in my opinion, were like, hey, I trust science. I trust the doctors. I don't trust Trump. So I don't know about the vaccine. It was completely switched. You know what I mean? Like, people were like, man, I don't know if I want to take some MAGA vaccine. And no, Trumpers exactly, and MAGA yeah. were 100% in on vaccines. I mean, the this Trump was just... The Trump vaccine. The Trump this, vaccine. Talking about, you know, like, so proud this, that, yeah. This is as recently as, like, last you know what i mean like last march <laughs> this is going on like this isn't this wasn't like ancient history or anything so i really think that a lot of it is, is rooted in that contrarian streak just as far as far as like right-leaning people are concerned where it's like hey man i don't trust joe biden and i don't trust these crazy liberals and you know they're all for the vaccine and pc woke but i think it's all wrapped up into that shit I have, I have pondered whether it's a couple of other things as well, and it's probably a mixture of all of this, you know, together. Um, on the one hand, there's just like, yeah, this libertarian streak of just like, I don't really care, I can do whatever I want. 
Um, so like, you know, like I don't care about the science. I don't care about any of this stuff because I just want to be free. Like, you know, the government shouldn't, you know, you know, the, the don't tread on me bullshit. Like a little bit of that with mixed with this, like, oh, the economy is more important than anything. Like, oh, like, you know, business and, you know, the stock market. Like we got to keep the numbers going up on the ticker, even though no one fucking knows what that is. At least from a governmental perspective, I feel like that's driven a lot of Trump's people, you know, like trying to protect his corporate you know, homies yeah. by like making sure the economy marches forward. I imagine, and you know, and 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 um, um, Bolsonaro has made similar comments. I think even at the UN summit uh, last week, talking about how oh, COVID restrictions cripple economy. It's like this focus on oh, the economy is more yeah. important than human life as but well. I, so all that together, I guess, just forms. But I mean, we yeah, know that that's what's fly. like that's what like right wing politicians' motivations are. But it's like. It's more interesting, like, the people that are, like, on the ground. You know what I mean? Like, the regular people in terms of, like, what their motivation is. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I mean, as a commissioner, like, as we even imposed COVID restrictions here to help, you know, you know, in the interest of public health, we've gotten emails from, like, business owners that are like, oh, you're killing me. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. da 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 or, or just concerned people, just like, you know, just constituents who have no stake, who are totally fine, middle class, like, you know, pension, uh, you know, paid off their mortgage already, who are like, oh, like, you know, oh, the unemployment is encouraging people not to go to work. And then, oh, the crippling the economy. Because even, even the average, there's like average citizens who don't have any personal interest in like the stock market or like, you know, the economy at large, yeah. but like have this ideology of like, oh, the economy is important. The economy matters. They absorb this rhetoric and they spew it back out. Even though it's like, yo, I don't want you like homie who's writing to me this email about like, oh, the mask mandate. I don't want you to die either. Yeah. I don't think you want to die either. I don't there's, think you want to die for the economy, honestly. There's something cultural in it, I feel. Because I mean, like, like in fucking World War II and shit, they rationed meat you know Straight what I'm saying? Up, yo, they were like, yeah. like, like motherfucker. They rationed steel. Like you couldn't drive as 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 long as you wanted to, or as far as you wanted to, because they were rationing gas and shit. Like, I just don't see people making that personal sacrifice after this COVID shit, because it just seems like everybody is like, not everybody, but I just mean there's a there's a a huge component of the vaccine denial. That is rooted in well, I'm straight. I'm gonna be right. fine. I'm there's all like right. A, yeah, there's like a new precedent for not just individualism, but anti-collectivism. Yeah, like exactly. people who are specifically opposed to like working together to like for the benefit of public health and public and now, public now see, interest. Somebody who has that mindset and that agenda, right? You very easily can rope left-leaning people into that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I I think so because I mean, if you don't even if it's not even um, presented that way, and you're just more so presenting these ideas that you know, like you said, are kind of adjacent to the to the grand scheme of collective organizing and community and stuff like that. If you start chipping away at that sort of thing, then you have people who otherwise would be cool, fucking retweeting Tucker Carlson and shit. Yeah, you know. Like, oh, I agree with them on the vaccine. Looking at you, Glenn Greenwald. Oh, that's a topic for another day. Anyway. Nicki Minaj. Uh, Nicki Minaj. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, you God. Doing? We got to do a whole episode on oh, that. Oh, we, we do. We do. We do. We do.
Like oh, somebody, man. somebody checked her on like, yo, you know he's a white nationalist, and she just like went off on the defense of it. I'm like, and yo. people were like, oh, go off, queen. Like, what are you? No, don't do not mm, encourage this. Mm, mm, mm. Oh man. All yeah. right, let's let's get back to Bolsonaro. But yeah, so public opinion of Bolsonaro, which had been favorable during his first year in office, turned negative throughout most of 2020. You know, with his chaotic handling of the coronavirus pandemic and everything briefly became positive again after he authorized emergency payments akin to our stimulus checks here uh, before turning negative once more in 2021. So, you know, you got the Brazilian economy in the tank, 580, like, what's it, 595,000 dead and almost 600,000 yeah. people dead in, in Brazil. And they have and a population of 211 million. So they've so got, like, damn near America, 100 million less people than us, but have the same amount of people dead. Oh, damn, that is actually crazy. I didn't think that's, about that. That's nuts, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, did a terrible a of, job. A lot of the countries, political and economically, have just turned against him. I mean, and like even for every average everyday people, the public living standards are getting squeezed because food and fuel costs are ticking upwards amid high unemployment. So this, uh, you know, recipe, all these ingredients come together to give you shitty poll numbers for our boy Bolsonaro. Um, it's looking like voters are likely to pick left-wing former president Lula da Silva over Bolsonaro in the coming election if posters are correct. But there's definitely signs that Bolsonaro is not going to go without a fight. So earlier this month, Bolsonaro called his supporters to the streets in preparation for what he called a necessary counter coup against Congress and the Brazilian Supreme Court. He directed a huge militia. Uh, he directed a huge military parade through the capital of Brasilia. In part to flex his his close ties with the military leaders, many of whom he appointed to cabinet posts following his election. Bolsonaro also enjoys a high level of support among the nation's police force. Sounds like Trump as well. Mm-hmm. Leading some to wonder if in any event, if in the event of an attempted coup, the military and cops might turn against the public to keep the president in power. I mean, I don't even know if that's in question. I think that's Straight definitely up. what was is gonna happen. I think that I think we're lucky that shit didn't happen here, to be honest with you. So yeah, yeah, and we'll get to that a little bit uh, in a second. Um, some some analysis of of January sixth to sort of put it in, in 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 contrast to what happened earlier this month in Brazil. But yo, Bolsonaro's out here. He was making direct threats to the Supreme Court Chief Justice Luis Fuse. Um, even said that the only options for himself, uh, Bolsonaro, were to be arrested, killed, or to win in the elections. And given that winning seems unlikely, according to recent polls, and the fact he went on to say that he would never be arrested, he's insinuating that he will only leave office if killed. He's undermined the public's faith in the security of the upcoming elections, saying no person is going to tell us this voting process is safe and reliable because it isn't. So, I, I mean, all of this probably sounds scary as shit, but the good news is that these pro-Bolsonaro protests across Brazil turned out to be a lot smaller than supporters anticipated. According to local police, only about 125,000 people took part in the Sao Paulo demonstrations. Like, that's still a lot, but they expected about 2 million. Um, there were other smaller demonstrations across the country, but no violence broke out. So It's kind of what know. happened with the part two of the January 6th thing that they tried to do yeah. last week. And so in the early lead up to or the lead up to early September's uh, demonstrations, international media was discussing, discussing the event as a potential repeat of January 6th. 
Um, but according to Alex Hochuli, who actually is interested in coming on the show next week to oh, word, word. discuss this in a little more detail, um, looking at the two events side by side, um, he said that event, uh, January 6th was never a real threat to democracy um, in the United States, but Bolsonaro could be. The FBI found no evidence of a centrally planned plot on January 6th, um, and there are no plans to charge those involved with seditious conspiracy. Trumpists didn't kill anyone. The only violent death was a policeman shooting a pro-Trump, you know, protester. It wasn't a coup, nor even really a respectable coup attempt, even as even as scary as it was to us in the moment at, on that day. Um, instead, you know, the whole administration came together for the most part to uphold the election results, and there wasn't a risk of a military coup because Trump didn't have the same backing of the military in in um, the United States as result, Bolsonaro enjoys in Brazil. In Brazil, the situation is far more precarious. Since Bolsonaro took office, 6,000 military personnel have come to occupy positions in the federal government, with top brass strongly represented in the presidential cabinet. The risk of military and police forces lining up to launch a coup with or in place of Bolsonaro is, is worth seriously pondering, especially... Since a military coup in Brazil is a precedented event. In 1964, members of the Brazilian Armed Forces, supported by the United States government, once again, fucking with people in Latin America, overthrew President Joao Goulart. Um, The coup brought uh, to Brazil a military dictatorship, politically aligned with the interests of, guess who, the United States government, (laughs) and which lasted for 21 years until 1985. So this is something, so like, the government has overthrown democratically elected presidents in Brazil previously, in addition to, you know, all over Latin America. And so there's, it's a little more, so I guess these are a little more serious in here, because like, yo, this shit, like, it's easy to imagine, because this shit has happened before. Well, the... I, I, this is the thing that I disagree with him on, and you know, hopefully we can talk about this when he comes in the show. Is the notion that okay, that specific event in its in and of itself was a threat to democracy, and that that was the coup attempt? You know, what I mean, like, like, oh man, we were on the verge that day. Anyone who's saying that that's like hyperbole. It's exaggeration. It's it's television. It's like, you know, this is like cable news entertainment television at this point. Like, it's it's to gin up the shit. But in a way for like from somebody like me, you know what I mean, it kind of it's it feels like a straw man because it's not that's not the issue. It's what it's indicative of. Like, it might not be the coup attempt that put us on the verge, but it was damn sure a test run. You know what I'm saying? And it's the next time that it happens. I think that time possibly could be the one that's like, oh, man, we're on the verge with this one. I mean, consider this, right? You remember when everybody was talking about let's storm Area 51? Oh, yeah. You remember when that was going on? And, like, it never really, like, materialized. Who knows why it never really materialized? But I would guess that one of the things in the back of everybody's head is, man... When you're at the point that there's a mass group of people that are storming Area 51, they're just going to start shooting. Period. I, I, not knowing everything about, you know, like, I don't know the ins and outs of all this stuff and how it works, but just me growing up, you know, I'm American, but growing up overseas and just, like, the pop cultural idea of how what I have of how the government works, a bunch of people start storming the Capitol buildings 
whether it's Black Lives Matter, whether it's right-wingers or whatever, if a bunch of people start storming the center of American power, I would imagine that the cops would just start letting bullets fly. Well, that's the thing. So that's the thing about the situation that I think is interesting and kind of scary is that, sure, like, okay, the demonstrations, Bolsonaro was like, all right, come out to the streets, yeah. And they had lots of people that anticipated that if 125 people, 25,000 people in Sao Paulo all had guns, mm-hmm. and you know, started storming Capitol buildings, and the police, even if the police didn't join their side, if the police stood by and did nothing, which is a little bit of what we saw on January 6th, police were like, you know, taking selfies, da 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 um, if they just like you know kind of turned a blind eye, some motherfuckers could do some serious damage. Your like it can, might not be as many people as you thought, but it's enough to fuck some shit up. Countries can get destabilized with like five thousand organized people. Doing I know, some yeah. Shit. Like let alone a hundred and something. If all six thousand people who are in the military who have been appointed into the government by Bolsonaro, like you know, just did little things like gave somebody their key card to get in the elevator to go up to where the Supreme Court Justice, you know, his office is and like little things like that, that could be enough to rock the whole shit. The thing that uh, talking about Bolsonaro makes me think of, it's like, it just makes me think of the whole concept of, you know, it could happen here type of of shit. Where it's just like, if this starts happening, stuff like this starts happening tomorrow, it's just like, what are people really going to do? What is the real actual reaction going to be? Like, if in your town, some yahoos just take over the state building and the cops don't touch them. Straight up. And they're like, we're in charge. I mean, most people are going to tweet about it. You know what I mean? You're going to make your post like, oh, this is fucked up. Ah!" And then everybody's going to go to work. That's what I'm afraid of. You know what I mean? Like, I'm busy right now. No, straight up. So, yeah, January 6th, 2021. Like, that was the day I was to be sworn in as commissioner again. And so I'm seeing scenes of the Capitol getting stormed on, like, CNN. I'm like, yo, is it safe to be, like, around government buildings right now? And my colleagues were like, oh, come on, it's fine. You know, because they've never had, like, lynching threats or, like, someone threatened to burn their house down or anything. And so they're like, you know, oh, the police will be there. You know, they'll be stationed on the rooftops. I'm like, I don't like the idea of them being stationed on the rooftops with, like, you know, sniper scope, like, pointed at the city hall building. Neither. I don't like that neither. Don't make me feel any better. You know what you just reminded me of? What's up? It's something that I talked about literally on the uh, first episode that you weren't around. Yeah. But you know who was going in and out of Brazil having meetings with Bolsonaro, right? The CIA. Steve Bannon. Steve, oh my God! And the CIA like and Steve, Steve Bannon. Bannon. I'm talking but about yes, recently, really like bad this. News. Yeah. Yes. Like recently, like to, as a matter of fact, like Steve. Ba- I, it's suspected that Steve Bannon and them are like behind trying to organize this whole everybody get out in the streets for Bolsonaro thing. They were yeah. literally trying to recreate the the January 6th thing down there. So Turn we're on. in a lot of trouble, y'all. We're in a lot of trouble, y'all. I mean, I guess the consensus Whew. is Bolsonaro's pr- probably worse than Trump, but. Not only is it not by a lot, but it's purely a matter of circumstance. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So in some ways worse. Actually, I think I honestly think in every way worse. This dude seems mm-hmm. like real like a lot worse. To call him yeah. the really Trump is the Bolsonaro of of North of North America. Another key difference is I feel like Bolsonaro believes in something. And we're gonna you're gonna kinda get a sense of this when we That's get true. Into the music Trump discussion. Trump just wants power, yeah. Yeah. Trump is like a money and power dude. Like it's like like literally like Trump could be a rapper. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up. Like that's his concern. It's money and power. That's it. So let's turn to talk a little bit about the rappers in uh, the Brazilian rappers that fuck with Bolsonaro, which are uh, there are many. And we got a couple that don't. <laughs> 
but we'll be we'll be back with that after the jump i'm tamika d mallory and it's your boy my son the general and we are your host of tmi new year new name new energy but same old (laughs) oh yeah And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby Award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. All right, we are Some of back. This shit is fucking crazy. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, I'm no, no, so, no. I'm so stoked for this music discussion today because this is just wild to me. Some of some of these, some of these rappers, man. Now we are a politics hip hop show, so you know we always got to bring it back to the hip hop angle of things. And to do that, we're gonna be diving into some of the hip-hop that's going on in brazil currently amidst all of this bolsonaro right-wing coup fears and blah 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 blah. now where this is going to kind of take a turn is there is a whole lot of self-described right-wing rappers in brazil it's not dominating the scene it's not the majority it's not like what brazilian hip-hop is like but it's enough of a niche market that Bolsonaro 
has found use in it as propaganda. Yeah, they got recordings that sample feature that you know feature samples from the president's speeches, lyrics that exalt the dictatorship and torturers like Carlos Alberto Briante Ustra. And shout outs to people that, uh, the dude that sort of like was Bolsonaro's guru, Olavo de Carvalho. Uh, so like they like, so they like really incorporate, like they get into very specific details about why they support In the Bolsonaro. ideology and shit. And yeah, yeah. And like but, historical figures of the right wing in Brazil as well. So let's check out this first cat. How do you say this? Louise O. Louise O. Visitanchi. Um... Is the song is called uh, "My Son Will Be a Bolsonar- Bolsonarista." In a uh, Bolsonarista, I'm assuming is kind of like a name for a Bolsonaro supporter, like a yeah, yeah, colloquialism. Yeah. All right, let's check this out. Vai ser de direita, mini anticomunista. Vai aprender de pequeno a ser um capitalista. Vai. The hook goes: um, When my son is born, he will follow his father's footsteps. Um, his first words will be. Uh, PTismo, which is like PT is like the workers party which is like the left wing in Brazil so PT will be no more and then in the opening lines of the first verse this is crazy to me uh, my son will be right wing a mini anti-communist he's gonna learn when he's young to be a capitalist I'll dress up like Ustra who was a torturer under the military dictatorship and be a fan of Bolsonaro when he's at school with his friends he'll be an oppressive motherfucker <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it doesn't get any it's more. It's just like straight up. It's just like straight up. He'll oppress people. He'll dress up like a torturer. Um, I think comparing like the PT, which to my understanding is like a liberal party in Brazil, Let's but like not communist by any means. And so you also see this trend of like anything that's even remotely left wing is communism. You know, that rhetoric being spewed also by the right in Brazil as well as in America. You can just lump in anything, anything that like fringy guys don't like. You can just lump everything into that for them to just label it as left wing. Oh, you don't like gays. You don't like feminism. You don't like black people. You don't like you don't like the environment or not even you don't like the environment. You're too lazy to do anything to help out the environment. All right. Let's just lump that out. That's all left wing. And we hate that. We're against it. Every aspect of it. So he goes on to say, I think this is really interesting. So he goes on to say, um, he's going to tell his friends that he's a far, he's the far right. He's going to he's going to uh, tell them that in in reality, uh, Nazism, the, le- the left wing are the Nazis effectively. And he's going to treat everyone equal, independent of race. So it's like, oh, I'm extremely right wing. I treat everyone the same no matter what color you are. The Nazis are the left wing people. Like it just seems so like and didn't the I last, guess this has these inherent contradictions. Didn't he just say his son's gonna be an oppressive motherfucker? Exactly. It's like, <laughs> bruh, same song. Like literally thirty seconds ago I heard you say you're gonna be like putting your boots on people's neck like your Ustra or whatever this guy's name is. Alright, we got the other guy. Um he is a rapper Papa Mike from Bello. Horizonte? Is that you yeah, Bella Horizonte. Yeah. Bella Horizonte. Uh, so he's another diehard Bolsonarista. Bolsonarista. It's kind of hard. Bolsonarista. Bolsonarista. Uh, with songs such as A Letter to Bolsonaro. Let's check that out. Okay, songs like that, they deride the president's opponents as cokeheads and stoners and warns of communist indoctrination in the school system and media. So in the music video, it's got like 
uh, hammers and sickles flying around, like, oh, you better watch out, like in the background. They call out, there's like a picture of like Karl Marx for a second and like warning that, oh, it's coming for your kids and shit like that. Um, which all seems kind of silly. But then there's another, there's another right wing rapper. He's an e- evangelical, his name's Alves. And he sort of like breaks it down in a way that like, I, similar to arguments I've heard um, by like Trump people, like, uh, well, not really, but I guess like not Trump people per se, but like conservatives that I know that like cast out on left wing people in the United States. So pretty much he, he doesn't identify as a Bolsonarista, but like he is very conservative. And he said that um, the left is a Villa Madalena, which is sort of like, you know, the champagne socialists of Brooklyn don't get this. They've never seen a body splayed out on the ground. If they've never seen a coffin, it's because their dog... If they've ever seen a coffin, it's because their dog died or their granddad died of old age. So pretty much saying that, like, you know, he personally is right-wing because he grew up so tough that the only left-wing people that, like, he sees in the media or whatever are, like, you know, more well-to-do folks that haven't actually under, you know, undergone oppression. Mm -hmm. And so you see... I feel like you hear in the United States as well a lot of um, people that are strong supporters of capitalism, strong supporters of, like, a more conservative economic agenda um, because they picture the left as just like very privileged, well-to-do folks that have no idea what reality is really like. Well, I mean, you know, like I understand, I understand, I understand it in the sense of the information is in my ear and I understand the logic that they're using and drawing those conclusions. But it's like, at the end of the day, it's like, man, I grew up, I grew up rough. So I hate gay people. It's not, anything that I'm trying to entertain. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, fuck that guy. Who's that guy earlier this month is a little boozy? Or that, who's that fucking the, guy? Is it the baby? The baby. Oh yeah. my God, yeah, yeah. Time yeah. flies, I totally forgot about the whole thing. You're like, oh, I'm sorry. I just, like, grew up rough. I didn't understand that I wasn't supposed to, like, fucking hate gays. Like, bro. Well, here's the thing that I'm interested in asking you about. Because talking about this, it's like, maybe, you know, tell me if I'm, like, just being too dismissive but i feel like this brazilian right wing stuff it definitely has like a a personal figure attached to it because in a lot of cases they're actually talking about bolsonaro and stuff like that but if you strip it away and it's just them rapping about having these like right wing ultra capitalistic you know what i mean ideology is it really that that far removed from what's going on here going on here in a lot of ways i mean i guess it's just more explicitly like ideologically aligned I, that's what that's what i mean it's like ideologically aligned, like yeah but- and that in that papa mike song he's like yo like you know bolsonaro's out in the streets with a rifle or whatever like mm-hmm. praising that he's uh, you know flexing his right to bear arms and he, he and he brings it back to if i'm not mistaken or maybe it was all of this is like brings it back to like oh the right to bear arms specifically like tying it back to like a thing that's enshrined in law you know through the constitution etc but like in regular quote unquote regular rap music in the United States probably in Brazil as well people talk about the flex about having guns all the time mm-hmm. without making it explicitly political even though ultimately it is I mean that's what the show is about revealing how all these things are like you know secretly ideological and so yeah I mean I see what you're saying a little I bit. mean getting into when we were talking about the COVID vaccine and like that cultural shift of like things being self-centered and it's about me and that lack of community you know what i'm saying or community concern and stuff like that i mean that's the sort of thing where it's like I, when i listen to 
hip hop is like I try to strip it of the context and just focus on what the music and the words themselves are accomplishing. And it's like, yeah, in a lot of cases, I mean, you know, obviously there's exceptions to every rule and shit like that. But, you know, there's a lot of cases where you're just hearing stuff drone and drone and drone. And it's like, for a cat like me, it's like, man, is this brought to you by the Koch brothers? Like, what the yeah, fuck what am the I listening to? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, what like really, this? what am I listening to? It's like a Prager U, like, rant with a beat to it. Yeah. <laughs> nah, you know up. about the virtues of capitalism in like you know, yeah. uh, it's, I don't know you're right though what else we got what else do we got okay so now we're gonna switch over to some of the cats who are anti anti Bolsonaro so let's check out the first homie Black Alien with his track Hamaisaron sorry what so, oh, the, 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 the title of the song is Hamaisaron oh, yeah. Hamaisaron okay yeah which means never will never will be. Never will be. Let's check that. Let's check this out real quick. Yeah. So the hook for that one is um, what he's saying is what I really think is that presidents are temporary, baby. Good music is forever, and these losers never will be. And this is him talking about the right wing and Bolsonaro and them. Uh, in an interview, he said, I can't waste the valuable instrument that is rap and not talk to the people, to young people mainly. Here in Brazil, an obnoxiously stupid country that doesn't educate people. <laughs> Tell them, Ribeiro, <laughs> goddamn. Half the people voted for this deadbeat out of ignorance. Damn. Just ice cold. Sometimes ice cold. You gotta, you gotta tell it. As rap steps up the ladder into the mainstream of Brazilian music, Fight the Power songs have been sharing more space on the radio and are streaming airwaves, uh, on the streaming airwaves instead of music about love and sex. So that's good. That's good. Yeah. At least everyone's like, or at least for the most part, a lot of them are not just, you know, because whether you're gonna be right wing in your art or left wing in your art or down the middle or whatever i can't stand the agnostic approach to shit like i'm, no, just, I'm just gonna like, oh i'm just not into politics yeah i'm ignoring yeah. the world i don't you know none of that should have like i was i was watching some reading something where like the dudes from metallica were talking about yeah man we're not political we're just trying to have fun i'm like yo what <laughs> nigga what <laughs> what are y'all what <sighs> Y'all, mm. dollar dollar bills, man. People so dollar crazy. dollar bills. I love that shit, which is inherently ideological. If you just like, oh, we're just trying to have fun, we're trying to like make stack paper or like whatever, like uh huh. You don't think that's informed by ideology to a certain extent, bro? Sure. Yeah. But and the uh, last, last one. Uh, oh, sorry, go for it. Oh no, no, you can go. You can. Okay, cool. So last one is by Seto Prohibido. Uh, it's a song called Primavera Fascista or Fascist Spring. Teoria que eu sou não faz parte dos maus. Tenho a de ver o filho do pedreiro se formar porque seu pai pagou 10 anos de facu particular. And the song is in the um, in the tradition of Brazil's rap nacional, um, which is traditionally stood out as the cultural voice of the favelas and the peripheries throughout Brazil. The favelas in Brazil are sort of like the hood, like the you know the inner, the inner city slums and stuff like that. Um, Bolsonaro's unprecedented statements against black Brazilians, his hatred of the poor, the LGBT uh, community, and leftists of all stripes have sort of forged a uh, unity um, among these people um, 
um, which is reflected in songs like um, Primavera Fascista here, in which um, Setor Prohibido, or is that who does the song? Hold on a second, let me make sure. It says, it, says, it says it's produced by that person. I wonder if that was the rapper on it. It's 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 a channel. It's like I think it's like a YouTube channel or like a SoundCloud channel okay. or something like so, that. So so the rapper here um, talks about idolizing a fascist, supporting torture, and the people manipulated want to put you in power. I'm the civil war. I'm not afraid of your dictatorship. And if someone has to die, let it be you. Oh shit. Um, ooh, some fucking fight. Shit. Yeah. Um, your homophobia doesn't make you more of a man. Tell them, son. Your heterosexuality is fragile. Your ignorance contaminates. The sickness is in massacres. Fascism is a spreading virus. Information is the cure. And rap is the vaccine. That God nigga damn, That nigga, that nigga spitting. <laughs> wow. There's so many levels to it. Calling him out for his co-women's information through this analogy about fascism spreading the virus. Information is the cure. Rap is the vaccine. That's so That's Ill. dope. That's dope. That's so ill. That's oh, my dope. God. I, w- I mean, considering that this song is from 2018, he yeah. didn't even know. He didn't even he know. He didn't even know. He ain't even oh, know. He didn't even know. Wow. <laughs> that was that like w- fucking prophetic. Le- this nigga saw it to the future, bro. That's what we call off the dome, ladies and gentlemen. That Y'all, was that was nasty. <laughs> Big up. I'm a little scared of this cat. Like, how? Like, mm, how you know well, in advance? So that is what we got for the music discussion and for the episode today, as it yeah. were. So it's so good to have you back, yo. It's good to be back. We got lots of great things coming up. Um, hopefully, I was oh, just going to ask you, excited to dive into some of these topics? Excited to dive into some of these topics. Apparently, there are some anti-Bolsonaro protests coming up this weekend. And so, uh, Alex Hochuli, who is a uh, writer, researcher, and uh, translator based in, um, I think, Sao Paulo, mm. um, is interested in coming on next week to just talk about the, you know, sort of like a little more on this topic, a little more in-depth from his perspective on the ground in Brazil. Mm. So, touch on that. And lots of other good stuff in the weeks to come. So um, thanks for tuning in. Good to be back. I missed y'all. Well, you know, we can't just let you get away that easy since I held nah. it down at the opening. Hey, Joel, let's put her through the ringer. Let's get a oh, beat. Oh, no. Let's hear okay, some let's lingua franca bars. Let's it, get it. Let's exclusive. January, almost a year of being hunkered down and aching in my abdomen, perpetually tucked out and agonizing, leaving me kneeling on the crust of tile, a harsh bit of finding out, not that I fucked around, although I found it out before, already knew what was the fuss about, but what about the fuss, I wondered if, I wondered how much allowed the possibility that I could be a mother now that I've become functional enough to try to run the town, but still it struck me as a clusterfuck, and so I shut it down, that isn't all I saw, the ultrasound, the little paw, the thumb pronounced a little hard, be something wild was all less said, my jaw practically struck the ground as I suddenly really loved the job. Shout out to baby ASAP. Born August 26, 2021. It's good to be back. Hey, I'm Dope Knife. I'm Lingo Franca. And we are waiting on reparations. Hurry up. See y'all next week. Waiting on reparations is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 